This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Presented by Liquid Spirits Beverage Catering Company. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 59 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman, and I'm very excited for our guest this week. I don't want to waste any time because we have a lot of different topics we want to get into, so let's dive right in. Sitting here in studio with me is Cardinal center fielder Harrison Bader. Harrison, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. And honestly, this is the perfect time to have you on this podcast because the Cardinals are absolutely rolling. You had two doubleheaders over the weekend, four and one record. You've won 10 of your last 12 33 and 16 since the All-Star break, best in the National League. And this has to be so fun for you guys right now. The team has had certainly some ebbs and flows this season, but what do you think has clicked with you guys right now that you're on this surge? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, you know, we're just playing really good baseball on all sides of the baseball. Um, pitching's doing an incredible job. The starters are going deep into the game and they're allowing the bullpen to kind of um, alleviate some of the pressure in there and the bullpen's just been great and, and the offense has been showing up and everything, like I said, has just been really good on all sides of the baseball. Um, so when you kind of combine that with the level of experience we have at the top from guys like Wayno, um, Yachty, Dex, not that I want to leave anybody out, obviously Goldschmidt, um, and then you kind of mix in some some younger guys who are um, just want to play and just win. I mean, it's just a great dynamic. So, um, you know, it's just it's rolling for us really well right now. We're playing really good baseball, and I know guys are staying present, which is the biggest thing um, because, um, you know, this last little stretch, we're inside 30 games left of the season. We all know what we have ahead of us, so the only way to kind of attack it head on um, is just to kind of go day by day and just wake up, prepare, and go out there and let our let our ability take over. Do you know how many games you're up right now over the Cubs? <laughs> I don't actually. So, so my question is: Do you guys scoreboard watch? Or are you getting push notifications like the rest of us, or you just wait until you get to the clubhouse to see what the other teams in the division have done? Yeah, no, it's more like after the fact. Like, oh, like you know, you know, we did our thing today. Let's see what everybody else did. You know, um, it's not kind of like mid game. You're looking up at the scoreboard, you know, because again, you you can lose focus really easy there. You know what I mean? Sometimes if. Um, I just, just naturally there, there are certain instances where like we're winning a game, um, and maybe the Cubs are kind of winning as well. And you just kind of maybe like don't take your next at bats or your next innings as, as, as focused as you need to be, because you know, the, the game's within reach and you're going to win and, and the Cubs already won. So it's just a matter of just remaining focused every single pitch, as long as our game's going on and just taking care of business at all times. So I think guys are doing a really good job of that. So I want to circle back because you reference Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina. Wayno's what, 38? Yadier's 37. Wayno tosses seven scoreless. Yadier Molina is playing like Yadier Molina. Dexter Fowler is in that mix. You have these championship caliber veterans kind of leading the way on the team right now. How much weight does that carry for this group of younger guys to see the veterans being the guys to set the tone? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot. I can only speak for myself in, in the impact that those guys have on me and and my, you know, my playing style, my career, all that. I mean, it's it really just is about <clears throat> having that that grounded, relaxed like type of mentality that those guys carry. I mean, in the heat of battle on the field, whether it be early in the game or late in the game, whatever it is. I mean, you just always. I know that I <clears throat> look over to those guys and I just see like a calming that's kind of comes over them because they've been there before mm-hmm. and they know what it takes to not only get through those moments but also to win and kind of surpass them. Um, and and defeat the opposition. And that's really what it's all about is just remaining completely mentally stable in what you're trying to do. Um, and when I know for a fact, when I look over at those guys, when I look at Yachty taking that batter, I see Wayno kind of rolling throughout his fifth, sixth inning um, like he did, you know, last game. Uh, it's just like a calming thing to me, and all I have to do is go out there and just play. And I don't have to think about results. I don't have to think about doing too much because I know those guys just kind of have that, like, mentality that kind of, just calms the entire bench, especially offensively. So uh, it's just the presence that, that those guys have that's just uh, awesome to play behind, and it just allows me to kind of go out there and just be athletic and react. Is there a guy on the team, whether it's a player or maybe someone within the organization, that you look at as a mentor that has given you advice that you really take to heart? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, I, I've been really fortunate um, to, to be in this organization. Um, I didn't realize what it was um, right away just because I was so focused and wrapped up in obviously college and I was there for three years and I was just wanting to get into pro ball and everything like that. Um, so, you know, a year goes by, two years go by, I'm, I'm in the minor leagues, I'm starting to understand what the Cardinals organization is all about. Um, and it's just really top to bottom. It's just, it's incredible the extent to which guys go out of their way to 
have you be who you are in this game because I mean I, people all talk about all the time about how you know baseball players are just quote unquote piece of meat and we're just thrown around and, and to an extent that is true but at the end of the day um, you know the Cardinals invest in their players they invest in their personalities and they invest in everybody um, so they can win and that's that's the biggest difference is it's not just a matter of just being just another athlete like they want you to do well um, and, and because if you do well then the Cardinals do well and if they put together a group of players who are all invested in the same focus and they're all invested on, on one individual goal you know that's how you create championships so being a part of that understanding how that kind of uh, plays out on a day-to-day basis um, was just something that I just uh, it's just my personality and it's great and it just it really is a perfect fit in my opinion so um, I guess back to your question I mean I've had a lot of mentors I've had a lot of people who um, in this organization over the past five years have reached out to me and, and helped me both on the field and off the field and, and those people know who they are uh, and it's just it's an ongoing thing you know and that's why this organization is so great and that's why there's so much history because it really is built from the ground up so um, you know, the player and the person I am today was not who I was when I first got drafted. And that really is all in part because of the, the people that are in this organization. So I'm forever grateful for it. Yeah, it certainly <clears throat> is a legacy thing. To your point, I think that the Cardinals are very aware of the fact that not only do they want you to succeed in the moment because they want to be a successful organization, but they want to invest in you because they hope that you're on the field with a red jacket one day. They hope absolutely. that you're going to be pouring back in for the rest of your career, wherever you may go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I agree completely. I mean, you see how often and how prevalent some of the faces from recent years and even more so than recent years. They, they're always coming back. They're always showing their face. They're always a part of something great here. And that's, that's just very rare. You know, I've, I haven't played in every stadium. I haven't obviously been traded or, or been with any other organization. But, you know, I do have some friends around the league. I do have some... Um, I, you just make simple observations. You just understand that the Cardinals just do it differently. And it's because they invest in people. Um, it's the people who take care of the food. It's the people who take care of our bodies. It's the people who actually put a uniform on and play. And and when you invest in people and you take the time to kind of weed out character that, that isn't what you want towards and those people's character aren't towards the goal that you want them to be, um, you know, they just don't really exist. You don't see those types of people in this organization. So, um, I just, I carry that on my back every single day I wake up. I carry that every day in, in the off season when I'm not playing baseball. It's just a, it's just a different mentality that you just have to realize if you want to have success here and having success in St. Louis, which I've tasted at times, uh, there's just, there's nothing like it. There's nothing better. So, um, I think guys, um, who are my age and a little younger, but we've kind of come up together. We see that and we understand it. Um, and having guys like Yachty who have tasted the ultimate, you know, the ultimate um, success in winning World Series, obviously here and Wayno, and even Dex, another organization, a storied organization. I mean, it's it just takes a different level of focus, and guys understand that, and guys are super professional about it, and that's why what we got going is is so special because we're all just geared towards that one direction. So it's awesome. Okay, you personally are playing great, especially over the weekend walk off diving catches but just like the team you've also had some ups and downs this season and during that rough patch you went back down to memphis so what changed during that stint how were you able to find yourself again yeah um you know the biggest thing too is just it's you you can't make it more than what it is i think that was the biggest thing when i uh when i was sent down there was i don't want to say there was a, an extent of of relief because i obviously want to be at the big league level but i did realize that the reality of the situation was i wasn't truly myself I wasn't tapping into who I can be on the field and it was wearing on me a little bit and I think obviously the front office recognized that and it just kind of got to a point where I just needed to press a reset button um, there were you know a couple physical little pieces that I needed to improve on um, when I got sent down which I which I recognized right away but you know the, the physical side of this game is I don't want to say it's easy but it's it's more simplified because it truly is just repetition you know athletically speaking you just you do something enough to where you can't really get it wrong and then you you know your your athleticism and, and natural ability takes over so the physical piece that I needed they were just a matter of tweaking here and there but once I kind of locked that in it was just a matter of going out there and just trusting it um, and it was a complete mental overhaul um, it's it, it was great honestly I enjoyed every second of being down there you know you put things into perspective um, you know you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about things you don't even know about yourself you know the, the stretch I had down there was something I've never experienced in pro ball um, even though it was at the AAA level, it doesn't really matter because it's still playing baseball, you know. So um, just just going down there, being around those guys, being around those, that coaching staff down there and understanding, like, 
what I need to do, take a take a step back and breathe. It was just exactly what I needed, and I'm I'm I wouldn't change anything about the way it happened because everything is about really how you react in this game. So, um, you know, with that said, I I like I said, I enjoyed every part of it, and um, I'm just happy that I I'm just trying to just replicate everything I can every day. You know, I go to sleep and wake up with the same mentality, and that's just winning a baseball game after nine innings. And that's my world, and it's always been my world. So um, having the, the physical and mental pieces to do that now, I feel more confident about it every single day. Every single day gets better in my eyes. Um, I'm just happy to be around these guys because it's just such a special group, and I just want to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. I find that so interesting because in our world, if you're struggling at work, you can't take that step back. You can't say, okay, I did some really bad teases on the show today. I need to go back to yeah. you know this class and learn how to do it. And the way you phrase that is really interesting to me because – I'm sure it is almost a little bit of a relief. I'm sure in that moment, that initial conversation, you might be angry or feel a little humbled, but you do get to take a step back from the spotlight, get some of that pressure off and really just focus on drilling in and figure out what you need to work on. So it's got to be something that when you're in it, you're like, okay, deep breath, we can go back and do this and then we'll we'll start over. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you, you said it best right there. It also helped too that I just had an incredible support system. You know, there are a number of guys reached out to me uh, the day after it happened. Um, and one of them really does stand out to me. Um, and he knows who he is and I don't, you know, I don't need to put her all out there, but, um, you feel free, like share <laughs> as much as you want. Yeah. But no, um, you know, he just, he just basically said that, uh, you know, this can go one of two ways and it's super simple. You can either get buried by what happened and you can be in your head and you can, you know, maybe get a September call up and just float the rest of the way, or you can attack this head on and understand that it happened. You can't be perfect in this game, and that's the that's the biggest thing. You just you you can't be perfect in an imperfect game. There's just too many factors. There's too many things involved. So, um, you know, I obviously I went I went with the latter and what and what he reached out to me about, and uh, it's, that was just my driving force the entire time. You know, if any time there was you slipped a little bit, oh, you know, it's hot and I'm in I'm in AAA, and it, you know the game's going slowly, and there's so many little little factors that creep into your head. You know, if you have the I had I had the ability to just consistently just kind of slap myself and just be like enough you know it doesn't it doesn't matter nothing matters what 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 matters is why I'm here and how I go about my business so um you know the, i mean guys like that reaching out friends family everybody i mean it's it's not a one man show you know mm-hmm. i i understand that i'm the one in the box hitting i understand i'm the one in the outfield running after the ball but you know behind the scenes there are just so many people i'm just so thankful for so to have those forces in my life i mean it's it just allowed me to kind of propel myself forward. So really wouldn't exist without those guys. Well, shout out to the mystery man. What a great <laughs> piece of advice. <laughs> yes, he knows who he is. <laughs> okay, so in addition to your walk-off this weekend, you had another unbelievable catch. People certainly know you for your defense. You're an elite defender. Take me through that moment, okay? So when the ball is hit, you're obviously judging it. At what point do you just say, I'm going to sacrifice my body and go for this? I mean, do you just black out and dive and hope for the best? Like, take me through those moments. Yeah, no, I mean, first of all, the biggest thing is that, you know, every time I'm out on, on offense and and Schultz just done an incredible job of working with me um, and, and allowing me to, or not even allowing me, but teaching me how to separate the offense from the defense, from the base running. And that's why he's really so good at what he does is because, his understanding and his perspective on the game allows you to slow it down, allows you to make it more simple. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, the emotional side of, of this game is what kind of eats eats us up at times. Um, so he's worked with me on defense and, and allow me to kind of unlock my mind and, and not focus on anything besides just the baseball. So every time I'm out there, I mean, it's super simple. I just want to make a, I just want the ball. You know, it's not that I don't trust anybody else in the field. I trust everyone in the field, but I trust myself the most. And that's just the mentality I have to have in order to be successful for my pitcher, which is ultimately the most important part. Um, you know, the plays are great. You know, they, they look cool on Instagram. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's just about it's about me doing my job for the guy who's doing his job. You know, I mean, those him and Yachty, they and and, uh, and Mad Dog, too, obviously. I mean, they, they game plan so much and they take so much time into um, – you know, putting together a plan of attack against these hitters. And it's my job at the very least to go out there and be focused and locked in on on making a play for them, whether it be routine, throwing to the right base, or, you know, occasionally having to make a dive. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a, a willingness at all times to just lay it out there because, um, you know, it's a team. I mean, that's what this is about. That's how this... That's how this whole train kind of rolls forward is if everybody's invested in, you have to be invested on offense, on defense, and obviously on the base bats. And, and that's why we play the, the caliber 
level of ball that we play because everybody's just all in at all times. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's not like a dive now. It's not like a time it up, like make it look cool. I mean, that's the last thing on my mind. I'm just trying to reel the ball in and get it back to my pitches so we can get another out and, and go and hit. So, um, you know, when I think about it that way, it just makes it super simple for me. Is there ever times that you dive and you make an unbelievable catch and you're like, that really hurt. I should not have done that. <laughs> Um, fortunately, no, not yet. Not yet. And I think that's because, again, you know, you, yeah, there are a couple little instances in college where I like was in between wanting to slide and in between wanting to dive or something. And that's when you actually end up hurting yourself. But, you know, if, if from the start, you just right at the, right off the jump, you know, if you're willing to go out there and I guess dive correctly and know how to dive and manipulate your body to where you don't really hurt yourself. Obviously some things will happen where you don't get that luxury. Um, but you know, 99% of the time, you know, you just, you just have to be committed to it, and that's why I kind of do that little, that little slide at the end, just so I kind of do try and protect myself as best I can. But again, it's just about making it out. Okay, so you mentioned Mike Schilt. I want to circle back. I think about last season around the All Star break, we're getting all these reports. The media is of kind of discontent in the clubhouse. The Cardinals move on from Mike Matheny. They bring in Mike Schilt, and it kind of felt like almost immediately, or within a very short period of time based on his managing style and communication that you started to see the clubhouse really click. There was that cohesion. And it feels like the vibe of the team has been great from the jump this season. It seems like everyone really enjoys each other. There's such a team mentality. So what is it about Mike Schilt and his approach that fosters that environment? Yeah, um, I mean, that's a great question. The biggest thing is that he just allows us to be who we are. You know, and there are times where he does reel us in a little bit. Um, and again, I will only speak for myself because, you know, I, you know, I just how that goes. <laughs> um, yeah, we're so talking a, to the name on the back, not the front <clears throat> of the laundry, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I don't want to keep saying we, so I'm just going to say I from now on. Um, uh, but I have been reeled in at times by Schilt, um, necessarily so, you know, and that's, is nothing personal. It's not about me. It's, it's about how I fit in this big puzzle we got. And the puzzle is the 25 guys in that clubhouse, you know? And that's what it's about. It's about finding guys who complement each other, whether it be in a lineup, on defense, or however you want to put it. It's a team, like you mentioned. So his understanding of that, his conveying that to us on a day-to-day basis is what allows us to kind of settle in and understand that this is like a group, this is a group deal. You know, if you do one thing good for the team, that's great. You know, if you do two things, that's even better. You know, and it just goes on and on. It's not about the individual, but it is about how the individual fits in. So with that said, um, you know, his communication and and what he expects out of us to make us the best fit for the club, which is the most important part, um, has just been clear as day. And that's just awesome knowing that when you're going to work every day, especially in a game where there's so many factors involved and there's so much noise at times, you know, when you have that concrete, I don't want to say calming because like, I mean, it is calming to a degree, but it's like, it's just a stable, like, you know what you're expecting. Um, and he's just great at doing that. And it's just awesome to play behind. It's awesome to play for. And it's somebody you just you just love going to battle for. Um, so, you know, I'm re- I mean, I'm super fortunate to just be around that. Just, you know, my personality plays really well when, when there aren't things that are put into question, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I play for Shield all day. I play for Shield my whole career. <laughs> Once the media got word of the ball talk conversations that you guys have. It's something that we've certainly asked players about. And it seems like that is really working for this group. And I think about any work environment where you could sit down and have a really open, honest conversation about, hey, maybe here are some inefficiencies that we can work on, or here's what I was thinking in this context. It just feels like he really wants everyone to be themselves and speak their mind, which is probably really freeing and refreshing, right? Yeah, for sure. And especially if you have the correct approach to it, you know, it's not a matter of, because there, there are times in ball talk where, you know, you, and it's nothing personal, but there might be a, like a little blunder, a base running blunder, or maybe someone, someone threw the wrong base or whatever it might be. And that, you know, and he always, and he always respectfully comes up to us before uh, the ball talk and says, do you mind if I talk about this? Because again, it's nothing personal because it's, you have to take emotions out of this game. You know, it's about at the end of nine innings, we need to be on top. That's it period, amen. So when you have a little mistake, not physical, but like a mental little thing, it needs to be cleaned up because that's, I mean, mistakes happen in this game, but like, you know, we're, we're not trying to just break into the playoffs. We're not just trying to make the world series. You know, we, we want that championship. We want where that's what we work for. 
you know, if we don't work for that every single day, then what are we even doing here? You know what I mean? So he recognizes that he wants to foster a group that is collectively focused on that exact thing. And with that said, that takes a level of focus where mistakes like throwing to the wrong base or backing up the wrong way, they're just not acceptable. They're just really not, you know? So with that said, um, the ball talks are just always just not personal at all. They're, they're again about, about making the group better so that we can continue to just beat down on our opponent and end up on top at the end of the day. So um, when you really buy into that and know that like, even though you might be quote unquote being, you know, coming at you a little bit, you know, it's nothing to do with that and you can't ever take it personal. So yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm all in on them. Okay, so we know Schilt is a great communicator. We know he's a really positive guy. We see a certain side of him. But what is something that the fans, the media, whomever outside the clubhouse doesn't know about Mike Schilt that you guys know about him? <laughs> um, like what's something that would surprise us about Mike Schilt? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a really smart guy. You know, he, he does a nice job of like opening up to us a little bit. But for the most part, you know, he... He, he lives and breathes the Cardinals. He lives and breathes this game. But, he you know, he does have his own personal resp- and, and life and everything like that. So he doesn't really share anything too much about us. He's he's almost, I want to say, stoic to, to a degree for sure. So he, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't really, I don't really know too much about him. Not uh, Nothing that would really blow anybody away. That's, yeah, pretty much. So he's not listening to, like, Diplo before games or something <laughs> like that? Like, that would surprise us? That would surprise you guys. That would surprise me. But no, I haven't heard Diplo blasting in his office yet. <laughs> okay, well, that's your homework now. You have to find something about him. Yeah, I'll try and, yeah, I'll try and sneak know. around. But if I get in trouble, it's all your fault. Okay, deal. Fair. <laughs> okay, so speaking of that, I think as the manager, he's the conduit or the buffer between the, the media and you guys. And he's the one answering questions all day, every day. Certainly people come and talk to you. You have interviews like this. But he's very aware, I think he kind of has to be, of what people are saying about you guys. So in the clubhouse, again, I know you don't want to speak for everyone else, but do you ever pay attention to things that are written about yourself or the team? Are you listening to sports talk radio? Is that something that you ever tune into? Yeah, um, I mean, I have to be honest with you. I, I know for a fact that Schultz always has our back. You know, I've seen multiple times where he's had some interviews where he's he completely takes our side, always has our back, and that's just the most amazing thing to me because there are times where it's not pretty, and there are times where it's very easily you could say something about a player and just it is what it is, you know, but he always has our back, so I, I appreciate that 1,000%, um, and I'll always have his back as well. Um, but with regards to the other question, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't even have Twitter on my phone. I don't search myself, you know, occasionally I'll... Like, you know, if I do something nice, you know, whatever, something fun, like I, I like to watch it, of course, because it just makes me feel good. It's my craft. You know, I love, I, love, I mean, it means everything to me. Um, but on a day-to-day basis of me searching myself and seeing what people are saying about me, I mean, I have to be honest, I, I mean, I could not care less. I really couldn't. Um, it's not about them, you know. Everything is about this team and this city and what we can do to, to be the best version of ourselves on and off the field. Um, so people are always going to have their opinions about everything, whether it be baseball or someone's inability to hit a slider maybe, whatever it is. I mean, it just, you pay no attention to it because it, there's just nothing good can come from it. Um, so I, uh, you know, I respect everybody's job to, to go out there and provide people with news and and entertaining um, verbiage, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, my job is is to uh, to eat, sleep, and play this game. And that's that's the only thing I do. That's a really smart approach for your <laughs> mental health. Yes. Sometimes I sit there and I think, man, my job is mad weird. You know, yeah. like, can you imagine if a teacher, for instance, if we did a three hour show, be like, mm, Mrs. Rogers did not grade correctly today. Can you believe the way she structured that science lesson? Yeah. Mm. You know, just the way that your life gets picked apart. And oftentimes, even with the media, sometimes people will report on things that we do. And I'll be like, but you didn't know the context to this. You don't yeah. really know what's happening. So I think for players, it has to be super frustrating because yeah. everybody doesn't know everything that's going on. So I think for your mental health, it's probably a good thing that you couldn't care less about stuff like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, I, I can't control it. You know, nobody can control it. Um, you mean we could do everything perfectly well and somebody could still find a way to to pick us apart negatively. So with that said, I mean, if... If you can't, if you really can't control it that much, then what's the point of even paying any attention to it? You know. True. So, so yeah, I try to stay away from that stuff. Um, last question about the player, Harrison Bader. Before we talk about the person, who's the person on the team that you've learned the most from? That's a good question. 
Um, it's got to be Paul, Paul DeYoung. Um, I mean, I'm sure people are aware, but obviously, you know, Paul and I were drafted the same year in 2015. I don't think we're back-to-back picks, but we were pretty close to being picked in this, like, right next to each other. Um, he started in Johnson City, um, and I started in State College. He was there for, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 games. I was, you know, in State College for, like, seven games, and we together, you know, got moved up to low A ball together and I'm uh, in Peoria, Illinois, and we met in the uh, airport together, and that was just kind of our first, like, hi, I'm, you know, hi, I'm Paul, hi, I'm Harrison, and that was like, you know, ever since then, he's just always been my guy. He's always been my my boy. I mean, it's it's so rare you find someone who not only enjoys the game as much as you, but also, like, off the field. You know, we have a lot of um, similar interests in, in what we do, whether it, whether it be... Um, no, I don't want to say politics, but just just everyday life stuff that people kind of go through. I mean, it's just he's just he's just one of my homies. There's no other way to put it. So um, you kind of pair that with the ability to go out there and just be a baller every day on baseball field. I mean, it's awesome. So um, I've learned a lot from him because uh, we're very similar. So he's taught me a lot about myself on the field and off the field. So when you have someone like that, it's just it's just great. You know, those people you always got to keep around in your life because it's just it's hard to come by. So. Um, he's obviously been a great teammate of mine over the past five years. We've known each other, but even more so, he's been a, an even better friend. It sounds like the meet cute at the airport, you know, like a romantic comedy, like a romantic <laughs> comedy, like you two yeah, meeting at the airport. People make great <laughs> jokes all the time about us, and it's fine, but it's, it is what it is. They're just jealous that they don't have friends like that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, so we want to learn a little bit about you. You know, people, they obviously know you for what you do on the field, for your craft, but I want to know about you, the person, because it's not often that you do interviews like this. Normally, it's like, Harrison, tell me what you were thinking when you yeah. hit the walk-off, things like that. Okay, so I'm going to run through a couple things, and you just give your, you can do rapid fire, whatever you want to do. All right, what's the last Last great meal you've had? Last great meal I had? <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I mean, I enjoy every meal. I think um, like like a nice restaurant meal, you're saying? Well, I just imagine that you probably eat a lot of grilled chicken, avocado, brown rice, like food is fuel. <laughs> so when's the last time you sat down and you're like, that was an unbelievable meal? Yeah. Like restaurant or it could have been Taco um, Bell, like whatever you want. I'm trying to think. I don't know, actually. I just kind of just... Just gobble it down and it's just on to the next meal, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I literally enjoy a nice steak at a restaurant as much as I will enjoy, like, my morning cinnamon toast crunch bowl of, like, cereal. Like, it's literally, I just, it, and it's all good to me. I like eating. So you're not a foodie? <laughs> no, I'm not a foodie, yeah. I don't know, actually. It's funny. It's like, it's funny. It's like, what did I have for breakfast two days ago? You'd never really remember because you just don't, I just don't really put emphasis on, like, the food side, I guess. It's always just in the clubhouse. It's there. We need to eat. We need to get our our calories in and that's just that's just as far as it goes I guess see I I do not identify with that at all I could tell you every great meal I've had I could tell you what my death row meal is <laughs> we'd live for food yeah I've, I've had that question before yeah your death row meal yeah what is it um it's definitely gonna be breakfast food for sure huh um and just a lot of sweets cause I'm like a big sweet guy but like occasionally I like a, a bite or two of something really good here and there so my death row meal would definitely be um well, for one, without a doubt, the key lime pie from Joe's, uh, from Joe's Crab Shack. It, like they have ones in Miami and they have ones in uh, like Chicago. I mean, Joe's Crab is. I've had it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the key lime pie is delicious. So that's for dessert for sure. But just like, um, just like big stacks of like cinnamon toast pancakes and like eggs over medium, like just a nice buttered bagel. <laughs> I could go out happy if I had that. <laughs> I'm gathering that you're a big Cinnamon Toast Crunch guy, right? Yeah, I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay, tip for you, hot tip. If you go to Williams-Sonoma Questlove <laughs> from The Roots, you know Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. He has seasonings that you can put on popcorn or on things, and they have a Cinnamon Toast seasoning. Wow. So here's a tip. You go, you make yourself some popcorn, throw some Cinnamon Toast seasoning on it, shake it up, bring it to the movies. All right. I believe you. Tip from me to you. Yeah. Okay, what's the last show that you've binged? It was, uh, there's one on HBO called Big Little Lies. That was good. And then I think at the same time I was watching Euphoria on HBO. Mm-hmm. And then I saw season two of The Sinner, which wasn't nearly as good as season one, which is kind of like the theme of these shows of late. But um, yeah, I think there are a couple coming up soon. Oh, actually, there's one on Amazon Prime called uh, The Boys, which is really good. It's like a superhero spinoff. I don't know if you've heard of it, Mm-mm. but it's like, Basically, these guys are superheroes, um, but it like they're represented almost like an agency. 
So they just kind of show like the dark side of what it's like to be a superhero. So it's just super interesting and super original actually. So yeah, it's cool. Nice. What's the last song you sang out loud in your car? <laughs> um, on the way here, actually, it was a little A Boogie. Yeah, I like A Boogie. He's a New York rapper. I like New York rappers. <laughs> so A Boogie on the way here. All right. I love that. I love that. Do you have a uh, like a soundtrack to the summer? Do you have the song of the summer? <laughs> no, nah, I'm really bad about music. You know, I'll just kind of go on Apple iTunes at times and just, you know, I'll hear some songs. I'll just download it. I'll just kind of listen to it over and over and over and let's move on to the next song but uh, you know I have some friends who always send me music so you know, I've, I've heard some good music this year but I, I you know for the most part I just I just play whatever's like pops into my mind what's the last time you thought there was something in St. Louis that's better than in New York <laughs> I'm setting you up for success here because you know how St. Louis is very proud of their own so I'm setting you up for success yeah absolutely I mean it's I, if I was a fan of barbecue I would definitely say St. Louis has better barbecue than New York um, I would certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I just, I don't, for whatever reason, I love like all types of food. I really do. Um, but I just, for whatever reason, the, the taste of barbecue, I just don't like barbecue. So I really honestly don't know if so I can answer that question adequately. We have to, we <laughs> have to deep dive on this. Is it the sauce? Is it the smoke? Yeah, it's, Is the, it- it's like the, the punchy, like the pungent, like sauce and like the over, it's like too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just like. I just like smell it sometimes it like hits me in the face and I'm just like it's just it's just too strong for me it's just too overpowering (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it just it doesn't taste good to me okay so you know you don't have to put the sauce on the meat yeah I know but then no you're right I have had some like I like uh like wet like wet ribs right yeah yeah so like anything dry I don't don't know dry rub no I don't like dry rub no no but like like I've had like wet ribs before like some really good brisket where it's like you know there's like doesn't feel like you're eating like chalk. <laughs> so you say that St. Louis does barbecue better than New York, but you don't like barbecue. <laughs> I've had some barbecue in St. Louis okay. and it is definitely better than the barbecue I've had in New York. But overall, I just, you know, the barbecue like food group isn't my thing. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So now that we're in the psychology realm, when's the last time you were afraid? Afraid? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've, I don't want to say I've never been afraid, but I just... That emotion doesn't really exist when you're so wrapped up in season. You, know, you can't be afraid of anything. You can't be afraid of failure. Can't be afraid of trying to be too perfect. Whatever you mean, you could spin it a million ways. You know that when I'm like in season, locked in on on the task at hand. I mean, I'm. I can't remember the last time I've ever been afraid of a situation. When's the last time you were mad at one of your teammates? <laughs> Pretty recently, actually, when I flipped a ball into uh, Paul. And it like was wet. I think it had rained and the ball skipped a little weird, but it was just the perfect one hop. And I, something happened, hit off his glove and I got an error for it. And it just, you know, cause I, like my feeling percentage, I want it to be as close to a thousand as possible. You know, that's, that's the ultimate goal. And it just, it just skipped weird and just, it happens in this game. But I just kind of looked at him like, are you serious guy? Like, you're really going to have me wear that. So that was a little frustrating, but, um, actually mad. No, I've, I've never been mad that's at my good. teammates. Yeah. Okay, what's the last thing you've Googled? Last thing I Googled? That's a good question. Um, so Paul and I talk a lot about like, um, just because, you know, it's like end of August, September obviously is here now. So like, you know, you need to find a way to maximize your sleep. So the the biggest thing that Paul has kind of bought into is he's really into like sound frequencies and, and sound healing. So the last thing I Googled was kind of just some information on that. And there's a, there's apparently like a, uh, a perfect frequency that heals like the human body through sound at 432 Hertz. So I kind of Googled what that meant and like all those things. And it kind of brought back a little high school. Cause I remember Hertz, you know, and you type like HZ. So I remember that, but, um, yeah, I mean, just kind of researching that and cause obviously it comes from somewhere. So I've, I've tried a little bit and I have honestly slept pretty well. So, leave it to Paul so, to yeah. have the science effect, right? No, exactly. Yeah, he's the science guy. Have we seen on you know the top right thing with his test tube that he's come up to the plate? Totally. <laughs> Is this similar to brown noise? Because I was on the morning show for yeah. over a year and I was never sleeping. I was lucky if I got four hours a night. Yeah, and, wow, it's tough. Oh my god, it was miserable. I was yeah 
disintegrating as a human. Yeah, no, it's terrible. But Bernie, my co-host, same thing. So we Googled a lot about sleep and yeah. he was telling me about brown noise, white noise. Yeah. So off, oftentimes helps people sleep, but he said brown noise is really good for that. Yeah. So I've never actually heard brown noise. So I don't, I mean, this is just me kind of recently getting involved in the sound frequency. Here, we're going to play it. I've heard of white noise, obviously. So it, it's supposed to trigger something in you, I think, that gives you like a super deep sleep. So this is brown noise. Sounds like the ocean. Good, right? So the stuff that we do is like, so type in 432HZ with a space between it. Okay. Oh, Miracle Tone. Yeah, so that's one of them. But it's just like, so you wear headphones and you just like play it super loud. So you sleep with headphones on? Yeah. Do you do the buds or something over your ear? I'll do something with my ear and I'll like Normatec and then I'll kind of like, as I know like I'm about to fall asleep, I'll take them off. And oh, then wow. just like ease in. So is this it? Yeah, but I mean, it's like it goes in like waves, and there's like gongs and stuff, and there's like a lot of there's a lot that goes into it. But it's you know it's it's super relaxing. I think that's the biggest thing is like releasing your mind before you go to sleep, so you can like be clear. So yes. You can wake up clear. You know what this sounds like when you go to the spa and you're yeah. laying there. And that's exactly like, what it is. Oh. It's like angelic almost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. You may have just changed my life. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> okay. What is the last great vacation you've been on? Last great vacation I've been on. Every year, my friends and I take a Euro trip. We do a Euro trip. Like, so like I'm, I have all the same friends I've had for my entire life. They're all from high school. So um, last year's was fun, but not as fun as the previous years. The previous years we did Barcelona and Amsterdam which I've never been to either place. So that was really cool to kind of do it with my five best friends in the world. So just hopping around, we Airbnb at both places. It was, it was just great. There was just not a care in the world. It was just super freeing and relaxing. And, um, you know, at the time we were 24, 23, 24. So we're kind of, you know, getting into our twenties a little bit. So it was just fun to experience it with them. But, um, yeah, this year I think we're going to do, I don't know, actually we're, we're doing something where I think we're in the middle of planning it at some point. So, um, I always look forward to those trips. What's the last thing you paid cash for? Are you a cash guy or a card guy? No, my dad tells me all the time I should always carry cash on me. Just to, you know, especially when you go into like a, a, a visiting city, you just always take care of people around you who are helping you. So I always try and keep cash on me when I'm on the road, but when I'm home, I never have cash on me. I always just use my card. I never have cash. There's yeah. these little kids in my neighborhood that sell lemonade sometimes, and I feel like such an ass because I'm yeah. always like, I don't, can I Venmo you? I you don't, don't have, have cash. I know, I agree. I feel like, I feel badly for swiping for a dollar fifty coffee in the morning, you know, but right. I'm just like, sorry, I don't have, I just have cash on me. Right. So I always just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a card guy, yeah. For and Apple, you, have you seen the new Apple credit card? No. Ooh, it's dope. Really? Yeah. Fill me in. Um, basically, Apple has a credit card now. Is and it different like, than the card that you know, like yeah, you put your no, thumb on now? Yeah, it's I have that. It's a legitimate like titanium card. It's like really heavy. Ooh. It's got your name on the front. There's no numbers. It's, it's all like a chip. Like Goldman Sachs is is backing it. It's legit, it's completely legitimate. It's awesome and like just just kind of coming out. So, but what's mine's the point the system? What's the reward system? Do yeah, they so have they, one? they have a reward okay. system. Yes. So I don't really know what the rewards are specifically. My boy was explaining it to me, but. I was just like, okay, like, I don't really care about the numbers. Like, is it good? Should I get it? And he's like, yes, bottom bottom line. So, did you watch the Firefest documentary? Oh, absolutely, yeah. See, it's it, hilarious. It sounds like Magnesis. Remember the card? It they does wanted sound it like to Magnesis. like clink on the table. Yes. When you're describing it, it sounds like Magnesis. That's exactly what it was. And at the time, that was a great idea. The guy, I mean, oh, the, I thought it was sick. Yeah, the guy had like the right vision. He just. He just didn't handle it correctly, obviously, as we as we saw in the making <laughs> of that. In that Billy, what a con artist. Yeah, what a con artist. But same thing with the Firefest. You know, yeah. everyone was ripping it in the aftermath because they're in FEMA tents eating, you know, yeah. cheese bread. But I'm like, if I, I remember the orange tiles, I, that video was sick. Yeah, no, it was awesome. You know? I mean, everybody hyped it. Everybody bought into it. I mean, he was, he made it to the top without like really doing anything. It's incredible. Yeah, that doc was great. I just remember being like, "Is no, is no one around him going to be like, hey, what, yeah. what, what?" He, everyone just believed him. Yeah, that was his biggest fault, I think. You know, he just didn't surround himself with people who, like, he just surrounded himself with people who are yes men. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be. It's important to surround yourself with people who can sometimes tell you you're being an idiot. You know, 
So I think that's what he needed <laughs> multiple times throughout that entire excursion. He needed some ball talk in his life. He needed some ball talk, big time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> last question for you before we do the fashion thing. So the Cardinals, you guys are in the driver's seat. Aside from the obvious, which is the standings, that you guys are three games up on the Cubs, tell me why this season is different, why not only think you guys are going to make the playoffs for the first time in three years, but that you guys are going to be a dangerous team heading into the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, I can't really talk for the future. You know what I mean? I can't talk for tomorrow, but what I can talk for is like what we got going on right now. And that's just a level of focus and all guys. I know it's an expanded roster in September, but you know, it's everybody from top to bottom is completely invested in preparing to win a baseball game after nine innings. Um, And when you kind of pair that with the physical ability and and the tools we have on all sides of the baseball to ultimately be successful, uh, you know, that's why we're so dangerous. That's why we're going to be successful down this stretch and hopefully, you know, into the, the postseason. Um, you know, even if even if you're even the postseason started tomorrow, you know, you still can't even focus on it because whatever you have to do today is more important than tomorrow. So um, that just level of focus is something that's trained. It's been ingrained in us all season. Schultz has been doing an incredible job of, of, of kind of pounding that into our heads that you prepare for today. Um, and whatever happens, happens. But we know for a fact we're going to be prepared. We know for a fact our minds are going to be right going into the game, going into the first inning. And we know for a fact that if we take care of our business on the preparation side and we just go out there and play, we're going to be right where we need to be. So that level of trust, that level of confidence is what makes our offense, our defense, our pitching, our base running, everything so dangerous. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty simple. Continuing our conversation with Harrison Bader, you've gotten a sense of Harrison the player, you've seen the walk-offs, you've seen the web gems, but to further explain Harrison the person, you need to know that he's from New York, and we know that New York City is the best fashion city in the world. Yep, Harris, I said it, I meant it. And Harrison, like most New Yorkers, he's a clothes horse. He takes his fashion game very seriously. So we're going to play a little game here called Swing or Miss. Yes, it's that cheesy. Yes, it's that obvious. But it applies because what I'm going to do is show Harrison a photo of a member of the Cardinals organization, and he's going to dissect their look. He's going to tell me if it's a swing or a miss. Now, we're taping this as a video segment. So to our podcast listeners, you're going to need to head to 101ESPN.com to see each photo. But we certainly wanted to add the audio here so you can hear Harrison's assessment of his teammates. All right, Harrison, you ready to go? Let's do it. So Harrison, during the interview, told us he's great friends with Paul DeYoung. First look, Paulie D. Break this down. Swing or miss? <laughs> um, swing is good? Yes. Yeah, it's good. I like the look. Um, so that's that. I remember that suit he was wearing for a travel day. So we have a dress code, obviously, with the Cardinals. We go on the road, and we have to be in a suit. So... Uh, Paul and I, are, you know, we have our basic, like, you know, you have a, you need a black suit, you need a gray suit, you need a, a blue suit. But once you kind of get past those main staples, you kind of get to dive into some, some nice colors. So having like a, like a nice green like that um, is great. I mean, it looks great. We use the same suit person, so um, she does a great job in kind of allowing our vision, I guess, if you will, to kind of come to life. So the colors are great. I think it works well for him. I love this photo of him because he kind of looks like the cat who ate the canary. Like, he knows that he's flexing <laughs> in this suit, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he looks great. I, I love the look on him. All right, so we know he's the goat on the field, Yadier Molina. What do we think of this look? <laughs> I absolutely love Yadier style. Um, you know, he's, people like call him the goat. People call him the Yadfather, Godfather, whatever it is. I mean, his his style fits it perfectly. The hats are great. I absolutely love them. Um, it's, like, slightly baggy. I think it's great. He looks uh, He looks like a Godfather. Like, he's... He's making some moves behind the scenes. I think he uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. He looks great. Yeah, and with the jacket, almost looks like a cardigan, you know, yeah. giving him that established yeah, exactly. vibe, too. Uh-huh. You know, going through Yachty's Instagram, he loves a selfie. Yeah. Yachty, Yachty's like the selfie king of the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's got some good Instagram feed. Next one. We have Jack Flaherty giving us a plaid <laughs> moment. Yeah. Swing or miss? I mean, personally, I, I don't wear plaid. <laughs> it's not my thing. You know what I mean? Um, I can appreciate the style, though, um, because, again, with style, the most important thing is for people who don't know you, obviously, aesthetically, you want to look good. So just wearing nice, cool, like, patterns or colors that work together well, obviously, is really important. But take it a step further, you you know the person, you know the, the individual's personality, and then the, when the style that he portrays kind of mirrors that and matches that, I mean, it, it works even more so. So with that said, I think... As much as plaid might not be for me and my my style, um, 
he he wears it very well. I think it looks good. I mean, the you know brown shoes. I don't wear brown shoes, but shoes look great. Pants look good. They complement the the little blazer, and he's got the, the little uh, the crew neck T-shirt underneath. I mean, he he knows he knows his style, which is great. So I approve. It's a swing for him. By the way, you say you're not a plaid guy, and I beg to differ because uh, we have this from your Instagram feed <laughs> plaid jacket here. Yeah, that was. That's that's old, <laughs> and See? it was and and it was for a uh, Christmas party. Okay, so pl- so, so seasonal plaid. Seasonal plaid, occasionally, I guess. Yes. Okay, and maybe my mom because I remember my, I, that was my younger sister in that photo. I think my mom wanted me to to wear that jacket, so my excuse is that I wore that one for her. That's nice. <laughs> Next one we have tsunami Carlos Martinez with. A great suit. I wonder where he got it. I'm not quite sure where he was <laughs> shopping. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I think maybe Versace, <laughs> possibly Dolce & Gabbana. Um, but no, I mean, Carlos style, I mean, it's, it's, I think the word that comes to mind is electric. Electric? As well, eclectic, actually. Now I think about it. We're just throwing out ease, but no, nah, he kills it. Every single day he comes to the field, every day he, he dresses. It's uh, it's loud and it's awesome. It's, it's who he is. You know, that's the whole point of style is to have it reflect your personality. So um, he obviously backs up on the field. So I always look forward to seeing his outfits when we get away. Just swing. We're going to stick with the uh, with the theme. All right, next one. President of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, <laughs> loves an accessory. <laughs> Mo does. Scarves, bow ties, yeah. all over the place. What do you think, swing or miss? Nah, he, Mo kills it. He really does. I really, I love, I love his style. And uh, I think John Brebbia also loves his style because he has a Mo Mondays which is he comes to the field dressed as as Mo would dress. Oh. And uh, he designates a day of the week to honor our president of baseball operations and his style. So I'm a huge fan of it because, again, it, it fits who he is. It looks great. Oh, my gosh. You think everyone's great. All right. How about I this mean, one? I you picked the photos. So I know, but see. You, you got to give me some bad ones. There's some bad ones out there. So what do we think of Paul Goldschmidt? <laughs> this is from the winter warm-up, a little vest situation. Looks very practical. Yes, very practical. No, he looks great for <laughs> for being Paul. <laughs> for being Paul, what does that mean? Um, just his personality, super laid back, super like relaxed. Um, obviously, he's a family guy, so it just fits the very just the nonchalant, chill, practical look. Um, but yeah, you know, in talking with Goldie, especially and seeing his face when I've walked to the field at times, I don't think he pays too much attention to fashion. So, um, not that he, you know, in the sense that like. I wear some some funny and ridiculous things in his opinion, so um, he probably thinks I'm a he's very watered down compared to what I what I dress as. So he's got Eddie Bauer drip, you'd say, right? Eddie Bauer drip, yeah, <laughs> very well put, actually. <laughs> Feel free to use it. Okay, next, Adam Wainwright. <laughs> and you know, I I've searched on the internet a lot for photos of Wayno, and it's all basically the same uniform: t-shirt, hat. So what do we think, swing or miss? Um, <laughs> I, I still, I still, it's a swing because again, you have to appreciate the style relative to who's, who's wearing it. So, um, you know, I, he's got, he's got camo, he's got his whole thing going. I mean, how, how could you expect me to talk Valley about Wayno in any, in any fashion? No pun intended. I think that he would appreciate you being honest <laughs> about your assessment of him. I also think you'd appreciate in, in having me keep my opinion to myself. <laughs> Wayno, keep doing it, baby. How about this one? Your boy Tyler O'Neill. All right, here we go. Swing or miss? Because he's a little, he's younger. We're we're closer in age. We're more friendly. Obviously, you know, I can tell him like, "Come on, guy." <laughs> the only thing that bothers me is just the sneakers, you know, and the white pants. I, I don't, I don't. Have, I'm not a white pants guy. Ever? No, I don't have any white pants. White, uh, white's also not my color. What is your color? It's just not. Um, I have multiple colors. I mean, like, I don't know if I necessarily have one, but, like, I know which ones don't work for me and, like, my skin tone, I guess, and, like, my, my hair color. Because you want things to kind of complement each other. Sure. So, like, the, uh, just, like, white, the white pants to me, it just, it's just too much. You do but realize that you wear white pants every day? To play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I also don't leave the stadium in my baseball uniform. That's true, but for somebody that doesn't wear white, <laughs> well, that's also, you wear I, white every I don't day. really have a choice, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that, my baseball uniform is like a good testament to my style. You know? True, true. Like I like the, even though they've been pretty tough for us this year, um, but like the powder blues, I think mm-hmm. they look really good. With, mm-hmm. Like, again, like, you know, my hair color and stuff like that. So a miss? 
I get to miss my guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you think of the hair? I mean, as he as likes a noted it. hair guy, like, what <laughs> do you think here? Yeah. No. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's his that's his deal. That's that's why his nickname is Spike. So it's on brand for him. It's yeah. It works for him. That's like who he is. You know, he's obviously shredded. He's huge. So like, the haircut like makes sense for him. But he's trust me, like. You know, you spend enough time with people, especially like, you know, almost two years now, you know, his style is is developing in the right direction for who he is. So it's good. He's he's on the way there. He's just not there yet. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. We've got. Okay. So you talked about him. You love him. You'll play for him forever. Yes. Shilty. Mike Schilt. Like, he's stepping up. You know, we did that little thing in uh, spring training where Flaherty and I kind of shot for him and, and hooked it up. And he's 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 been stepping up. We've had some. Um, some some engagements off the field that uh, you know we've had to dress up for a little bit and, and come presentable. So every time I see him, he looks great. He looks better and better every day. So uh, his style stepping up, man. He's he's doing good. He looks like a he looks like a skip. He looks like a skipper off the field. That's good. That's what it is. Oh, he's managing his style. Oh yeah. Okay. So what do you think about this specific one, though? Yeah, I mean it's classy. You know, it's super simple. Um, again, we talk about like staples of like fashion. You know, he's. He's hitting all of them. What about your boy, Jose Martinez? <laughs> little mirror selfie, bathroom mirror selfie. Yes. Uh, Sunglasses inside in yeah, the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, his, his whole personality is just obviously about having fun. He's carefree. He's he's fun-loving, and that's exactly what this his style is. You know, he's unbuttoned up top, little little baggy fit. I mean, it's it's great. That's who he is. He's, he's also, like, seven feet tall. So, you know, he, like, he wears, like, the, the clothes while he just looks... He looks big, so it's a swing for him. He looks good. What do you think of the color? Brown. Yeah. I mean, it's like a brown or it's like a maroon. I don't know. I can't really tell because he is in the worst lit bathroom of all time. (laughs) If you're going to take a mirror selfie, Jose, you got to get him with the lighting. lighting. Yeah. No, I remember that suit. It's like a maroon color. And I'm a fan of like the burgundies and stuff. So I have a suit that's similar to it. So I like the color on him. He looks good. Last one. Dexter Fowler (laughs) with a jetty in tow. What do you think about this t-shirt i think it's a fendi tee little blue blazer always yeah. with the yeti yes i'm a huge fan of dexter style obviously he's a jump man guy um so he's he's all jordan so like he he'll wear some stuff to the field where i like even i take a step back i'm like damn like where'd you get that and he has like a size like 13 foot so i could never even like he can never even like offhandedly give me something so i'm i'm i got no chance but no i'm, I'm a huge fan of his swag um I mean, he's a vet. He's 12 years, 12 years in this league. I mean, he's he's very refined, so I, I appreciate his style a lot. He does it well. Who do you think is the best-dressed guy on the team? I mean, I think I am, obviously. Outside of you. But outside of me, um, definitely either Flaherty or, or Dex. Yeah, in my opinion. Dex is up there, though. Dex is... When he... I mean, like, because, like, again, he's he's a, he's a vet. You know, he sometimes he just wants to chill and just kind of relax, but when he decides to step it up, he like, he comes with he comes with some heat, so... I respect it. All right. That's a, that's a dude who's been doing it for a long time. So basically everyone except for Tyler O'Neill is a swing. Hey, man, the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cardinals have a um, a swaggy, I guess, bunch of guys who just know what they're doing. They want yeah. to handle themselves off the field. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing negative with the exception of Tyler O'Neill sometimes. I mean, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's getting there. He looks good, though. You know, he's stepping up, like I said. Every time I see him, it's like, it's like oh, where'd you get that guy? And he's, like, taking more time. So it's... You know, it's fashion and whatever, and style is all just about how much you care about it. So, if you're willing to put the time in, you're gonna you're gonna get the results that you are obviously looking for. So, that's why I love doing it. It's fun. It's just fun. It's just always something new to kind of kind of see. Yeah, surprised you didn't see any of my photos. I would have critiqued my own photos. Oh, well, we have some. <laughs> I'm ready for that. If you want to do that, yeah, I'll do a couple of those. Okay, here. It's a lot easier to talk about myself than it is anybody else. I don't want to be mean. Okay, well, let's do this then. I am all for that. Because, listen, some of your stuff, I was like, we need to talk about this. Okay, so take me through this look. <laughs> it's an all-time favorite. Listen, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, off-white, cha-ching, Gucci, cha-ching. I mean, this is label-heavy. <laughs> label-heavy, yeah, to an extent. Um, but it's curated. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest thing is like... It's not quiet, though. It's not quiet, but it's also like, in my opinion, it's not like crazy, crazy. I mean, the thing is like, you just kind of... <laughs> I mean, what? There's a lot happening. <laughs> well, you have to just look at, like, the little details. So, like, the the light blue complements each other, you know, and you have black. And you have, like, the orange and the little orange here. 
Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, it just, you know, you have an orange shoelace that complement the, the logos on the shorts. And it just, in my opinion, I just want to wear something that like head to toe ties in together. So that's, you know. It's an all time favorite. I also love how it was very thought out and curated, but then you're like, wet hair. You're just going to balance it out. Act like <laughs> I like just like threw it seven, on. <laughs> well, I did just throw it on. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just a shortened t-shirt, you know? Yeah, that's true. Okay. What about this one? I loved this one. Take me through this suit. What is this? Yes. Powder blue, periwinkle, mother of pearl. Is it iridescent? What's the fabric? It's an iridescent and it's lilac. Lilac, because yeah. you can never tell from a photo, you know. Yeah, and there's like the iridescent, like little like sheen to it. Um, you got the Hermes belt. I have an Hermes belt. Yeah, no, I mean, the caption of that photo was energy, and that's that was the trip before we went to Miami to Chicago, New York, I believe. So mm-hmm. I remember I got like a yellow suit too, like a bright yellow one. Um, so. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I just kind of wanted to, like, tap into, like, the pastels, I guess, and just change it up because, you know, like I said, I have some burgundy. I have, um, like, some, like, banker stripes. I have, like, some, like, nice blues. But, like, I don't have any, like, kind of bright and vibrant colors, and I just wanted to kind of channel that energy into a really dope trip we had coming up. So that was one of my favorite suits ever. I love that suit. Have you worn it again? Yes. Let's do this one, too. <laughs> yeah, this is a super simple fit. <laughs> this is really, really, really relaxed. Um, Are you trying to send a message here with the dog? Who makes that? Givenchy? <laughs> no, so uh, that's like the play off of it. So the company that, the shirts that I wear, Warren Lotus, I've been like into his like stuff for a couple of years now. I mean, he, he makes right stuff. So it's just kind of like a, not a parody, but it was a play off of like the original like Givenchy dog shirt mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i'm just like black and this is right after i came back from the also break i just got my hair cut so i was on like a whatever vibe i was on <laughs> so you know but like um but yeah no this is like a simple simple outfit so all black let the hair be the star except yeah. for the you know ferocious dog yeah in front of your shirt yeah that was like um yeah no I don't know, maybe I didn't really feel like dressing up and wearing some colors that match that day. I just kind of threw on all black, which is nice because you need black in your closet to just kind of, if you don't feel like wearing, like, you know, some, like, thought-out stuff with with some color, you have to go black. I'm actually wearing those shorts right now, too, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. So are you more street style or do you like to get dressed up? Are you more suit guy, like, if you had your pick? Um, no, I mean, like, if, I don't wear suits ever, but, like, we obviously have a, we have to wear suits on the road, so. I'll wear a suit then, but like in the off season, it's always like a street style. So like, um, in New York, it's just like a nice pair of jeans, and I wear I wear sneakers during the day, but I wear um, like Chelsea boots at night. So just Chelsea boots with nice jeans, and I wear like all my t-shirts are vintage. So I wear vintage t-shirts. I just find I have like a few buyers that I've just like met along the way who will always send me some dope stuff. Um, so I just kind of scroll through it a lot and just pick out whatever I like. But for the most part, like I just keep like my jeans super simple. Um, like blue jeans or black jeans and just like some like really nice boots um, and then like I said like just a fun vintage t-shirt with a good look to it just ties everything together great holiday parties there's only two ingredients that you really need a well-decorated tree and a great bar so let St. Louis's premier beverage catering service help liquid spirits can bring everything you need for a great bar right to your office home or venue and the best part You get to let their bartenders cut off that guest who's a little sloppy. They may have been celebrating a little too much, a little overserved. You don't have to do it. You don't have to be the bad guy. So let Liquid Spirits do it for you. If you mention us, mention Small Talk, you can get a free package upgrade. I mean, how about that? Those holiday parties, they always creep up on you. So give Liquid Spirits a call. Get ahead of the game. You can call them at 314-347-7297. Start planning that epic holiday party now. You can also check them out online. Facebook and Instagram at Liquid Spirits STL or follow them on Twitter at Spirits Liquid. 
A million thank yous again to Harrison Bader for being so generous with his time, coming into studio with me for that extended conversation. If you're a Cardinals fan, a baseball fan, a sports fan, a fashion fan, I hope you enjoyed it. But it's that time of the podcast. Let's get to a review. If you haven't already, head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, find it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review. Like this person, who while giving us five stars, left a review of all crying face emojis, which I can only assume is in reference to our dear friend Steve Cerruti. Yes, I know it's a major bummer that Steve won't be with us weekly, but once he gets settled in his new gig, I'm going to be bugging him all the time, trying to work him back on the pot as much as we possibly can. But if you made it this far in the podcast, we do have an update for you that does involve the old CT Italian. We are going to do a small talk survivor league. We had kicked around the idea of a fantasy league. We obviously cannot commit to that because we're lame. So a survivor league it is. And I have confirmed Saruti will be participating. In fact, he's already signed up, so I know he won't bail. So yeah, if you listen till the end, good for you. You got an important update. But head to my Instagram at msmallman. I'm sending everybody details on how they can get into the Survivor League. I'll be posting all that info there. Check it out if you want to get involved. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back in action next week. But until then, good night, Boston. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.